162 games of the baseball season and winter comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for a baseball fan is finding a good way to watch it. Like maybe going to the park or watching on TV or just catching the highlights. Watching Gary Sanchez strike out a hundred times or seeing Judge hit a bomb. Bang! Bogart's making plays, Rafi hitting nukes, or Barnes blowing a save. Arguing with your friend, making dumb bets, or complaining about your team again. As you can tell, there's a whole lot of stuff to hear before winter comes again. Come on, y'all. So chill with us, cause Gamby and Beal are gonna say it all. So chill with us, cause Gamby and Beal are gonna say it all. Manfred, Gamby and Beal are making a podcast. Hello, and welcome back to another edition of the Yank Your Socks Off podcast. It's a lot, it's been a lot more Yank than a lot, a lot of socks here lately, Beal. But I am one of your hosts, Andrew Gambardella III. Um, and joining me, as always, my best friend, Matthew Beal. Beal, are you hanging in there? Yeah, I'm actually doing really well. The Red Sox are playing phenomenally, and the Nuggets are awesome. And the Giants are amazing. <laughs> I, I don't know where to go. Like, I'm just over the moon happy right now. My teams are just absolutely killing it. Jokic with 30, 19, and 8. Like, that's ridiculous. How could you get any better? The Nuggets had an incredible game last night. The only thing they weren't able to do, that's right, was win it. So, <laughs> If, if you look at it that way, we did everything right, except for one little tiny detail. So, um, yeah, what was that detail? That. I, it, yeah, it's, it is past. <laughs> Winning? But, um, it, yeah. <laughs> 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 which, which is uh, where I, we're at with the Red yeah. Sox. I mean, who cares about winning in April? Uh, all, all you want to do is uh, pitch Will. And uh, lose one nothing because that's what baseball is all about. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, loving it. I loving it. I've been loving it. The Yankees in three of the last four games have put up double digit runs. We are hitting bombs. Against the Indians. Oh, whoa! Hold your horses there. They are no longer the I words. They are the Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm sorry. Against against the Guardians. Guardians and the Orioles. You know, our nemesis in the Orioles. We strike back. Back-to-back sweeps. Win six games in a row now. Uh, you know, you, you play who you play in this point of the season. Now, wins in the MLB versus the NBA in April are a lot less important. But it's, it's nice to start off on the right foot. And Garrett Cole finally had a good outing. So that, I mean, all positives out of this week. It, it's, 
I mean, Severino took a no-hitter into the sixth inning, and then he gave up four runs, but still won that game. It's been it's been a whirlwind of a start to see. I mean, baseball, I can't believe that you got me into now. You wrote me in. I mean, this podcast has wrote me in, but I'm watching more baseball than ever now. Uh, I, I just feel like I need to study up so I can know much as much as you on this podcast. And also, frankly, I just like watching baseball a lot. So it's been nice being on this third shift. Like when I wake up, the, Yan- the Yankees are starting to play and I get to watch them before I go into work. Um, so it's just worked out and it's worked out nicely this past week because we haven't lost in the past week. Yeah. Um, that's awesome for you guys. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, there's, there's always a blemish in a, a sunny day. And that's that's Garrett Cole wiping his ass with his hand I and getting some of that sticky stuff. Yeah, okay. It, it's that obvious on the TV. I think the umps looking at him every inning with notice that he has something on his right buck cheek. This comes right. and this comes from a man named Chris Poyos, uh, a oh, TV he's editor got tons and of followers now. Well, yeah. He's, yeah, now he's <laughs> he's got 2,300 followers on Twitter, which no blue check mark, so he's not verified. So I'm, I'm not going to give him the credit he deserves here. I think he's just looking for clout. Um, yeah. But it's a video. It's not like he just made something up. And it, I, it's not indicting if we're being all serious. Like, it's it definitely not that. Um there used to be a spot on Craig Kimbrell's hat that like looked dirty and people questioned it for years. And it's like, he just touched it. It was just a spot that he touched. And like, he did that every single game, if you would watch him and he had a mark on his hat and people even like went as far to take a hat. And for like seven months, they would lick their finger and touch the hat like a few times a day and then saw what the hat looked like at the end of the year. And it looked exactly like Kimbrel's hat. And so I, I understand that there are spots that people touch on their Jersey, on their hat, on their wrist, whatever. Um, pitchers lick their fingers, touch a spot, grab the ball. Um, usually there's dirt on their hands. So that's why a spot might get kind of dirty looking. Um, and I don't really know enough about Garrett Cole and his routine, but I would be curious to watch other games because he went back to the spot twice in the video that I saw, and there was a noticeable spot. If it is just a thing that he does, like Kimbrel's hat, um, then that's one thing. It, like uh, Ooh, Degrom, little, little Degrom uh, was brought up. Little huh? breaking news here: I, We're doing this. Um, episode during the NFL draft. The number one pick in the 2022 NFL draft is drum roll, please. Trayvon Walker, defensive end, Georgia, going to the Jaguars. The Jaguars choose him over Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. They go with upside versus production in college. Trayvon Walker, member of that Georgia defense, Georgia national winning team. Didn't put up a lot of production, was overshadowed by some of the linebackers, the Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis, that defensive tackle in the middle. But 
very talented player, tested incredible at the combine, and the Jaguars fell in love with him. So I hope his career isn't ruined by going to Jacksonville. Too bad they have a shit quarterback. Um, but uh, but yeah, like this uh, this thing was brought up a couple years ago when Degrom was pitching. Oh, we're know, right back into baseball. Finest. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> right back into it. Right back into it. Um, it was brought up a couple years ago with Degrom because he kept like grabbing his belt, and then there was like out of market people watching this game because it was, of course, like Sunday night baseball. And they're like, oh, DeGrom is grabbing his belt. He's probably cheating. He's got stuff in his belt. Um, but then, like, everybody who had watched the Mets at all that year were like, no, dude, he just grabs his belt. That's just a thing. Like, it's just a take that he has when he pitches. Everybody yeah. has when, something like that. When guys are I'm that curious good, to it, watch previous games and see if Garrett Cole does this or if he doesn't, because I think that would be the most indicting feature um we'll see we'll see next game i'm sure somebody's told them about it if like they all like they banned spider attack right but there there's things that they can use like he can just like throw a bunch of like rosin or dirt on the top of his cap then why he's got a rosin bag right behind his whoa who wants to who wants to go back there at the end of every pitch Like, who wants to bend down and do that at the end of every pitch? Like, he's used to – like, every pitcher is used to touching their cap or or spacking their bun or licking their fingers, which is now illegal But before every pitch. But, I mean, it's – they get into a routine, and I'm not – obviously, this isn't indicting. Um, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's a story you want to track. I don't – it was a non-story to me until now. Um, but I guess with Garrett Cole and the spider tack thing last year – not that he got in any trouble with it because pretty much every pitcher in the league was using it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, you know, we'll see. We'll see what comes of it. If, if you want to do the research, I'm not going to do the research into his. No, I I don't care that much. Okay. All right. Anyways, (laughs) when a guy in any sport, if a guy in any sport is this good, like any sport, like you're top of the game, you're a Cy Young capable pitcher. Wait, we're, say- we're throwing out a top of the game with Gary Cole. Okay, just making sure. Hey, top-ish, okay? Top, Give me top-ish. Top of the game. Oh, okay. Top-ish. I, I mean, I'll take Garrett Willock over him any day. But Oh, no, you wouldn't. He's a bullpen he's pitched like pitcher. More, he's pitched more innings than Garrett Cole this year. All right. I don't want right. to hear it. Garrett Cole's hardly made it through right. four at all. All right. Garrett Cole is still the better Garrett. Let's let's get that straight. Starting pitching, yes. deep, getting deep into starting pitching is getting a deep start. Garrett is a Willock more... is a starter. Oh, no. Okay. Uh-huh, you know. He's your closer. He's made two starts now. He's, He's your made closer. two starts now. Let's get back He's made two starts. What, I, what I'm He's saying is – He's made two starts. Is anytime you're at the top of your game, whether it be – you know, Barry Bonds, Michael Jordan, they're going to say, they're going to try to take you down, take shots at you. Not, I mean, Barry Bonds did use steroids. So I guess they did get him down a little bit. Um, so they, they did land some of those shots, but I mean, no matter what it is, any sport greatness, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be, there's a more of a target on your back. There's more responsibility to your team to perform well. I mean, there's just, a, there's more pressure on you to perform. So uh, yeah, that, that's all I got to say there. 
Uh, Phil, do you want to touch base on your Red Sox at all anymore? Yeah. Um, you know, the Red Sox have not been winning, but it's not due to a lack of pitching. And I said this last week. I think I said it the week before. And I just want to keep repeating it because all the assholes out there that were like the Red Sox didn't do enough in the offseason to bolster their rotation. Well, they got freaking Michael Waka, who has under a two ERA right now. Garrett Whitlock has a .54 ERA. We have five or six dudes in our bullpen that I could just trust with everything I got right now. Um the, the starting rotation has been iffy at times, but I am not going to blame them for an ounce of anything that's happened in the first two or three weeks. I'm going to put that full blame on Bobby Dahlbeck, Jackie Bradley Jr., Christian Vasquez. I love those dudes, but the bottom part of the lineup has just been a Trevor Story hasn't been Kike great Hernandez, uh, he's been better than Kike Vasquez. Jackie. Yeah, that's true. That's true, but he is a better player. He's been like our fourth best hitter about, and that's not saying a ton. Xander's batting like four hundo with a couple – actually, only one bomb for him, I think. Uh, Rafi got off to a hot start. He's kind of on a little bit of a streak right now. Like, he got a little bit cold, and then he got kind of hot this week. And I don't know. he's, He's a little bit up and down. I'd like to see him hit more consistently as the season goes on. Doogie cold off a little bit. J.D. Martinez is, you know, doing fine. Uh, Trevor Story is starting to hit the ball a little bit harder. Um, it, but with all due respect to Trevor Story, that man got like two days in spring training um, and then had the birth of his child. So it, the guy just – his timing was clearly not there, but he didn't look bad. Like his defense has been incredible as expected and as advertised. Um, when he does connect with the ball, when he gets his timing down, it's beautiful. Um, he had a, he had a big double the other night, which amounted to very little because we still lost the game. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, and Trevor story is getting there. He's around the corner would be nice to, to see everybody just raking, but, uh, but I don't know. I get the feeling that the Red Sox are a team that's just waiting on their offense to pick up and then we could start cruising a little bit. Fortunately, the AL East is uh, record-wise not looking fantastic, but nobody's like pounding teams. Like the whole series what? against the Blue Jays, the series against the Blue Jays, I think we were positive in run differential. The Yankees have played shit teams all year, and their run differential is like plus four, and then the Rays are like plus three. So you're not pounding teams. Okay. I mean, we're, we put up double-digit runs in the last three games, won a game 10-2, to 10-5, to 12-8. You 12. played the Orioles. Okay, and we did our job finally. We played the <laughs> Orioles in Baltimore, and we lost that series two out of three. We swept them this time. We did what we were supposed to do. You can't blame a team for doing what they're supposed to do. Yes, we've been at home. We've played some not-so-great teams, but the Guardians coming in were hot. We're a hot baseball team, hot yeah. lineup, and our, our rotation shut them down. Now I'm just not concerned because you're not the yeah. Giants. You're not the Dodgers. Okay. Well, you're not the Mets. I, we'll get into the, to the rest of the league in a, in a minute here. Uh, but I just wanted to say we'll see how we go on a road trip now. We've been 9-3 at home or 10-3 at home now after today. 
and we're only three and three away from home. So we'll see. We go on a stretch at the Royal at the Royals who aren't a great team. So we should be able to do damage there, but then we go to Toronto for a three game set. So that's, we'll see, we'll see what we are as a team right now, but I think we're a very good baseball team. Great. No, but I think we're very good. We have our holes, but every team has holes. And I I think we're a good team. Um, So you brought up the giants, the Mets, the, the NL. Um, I have a little segment for us here. If if you want to, you know, just <laughs> if you want to amuse me here, are you down for a little little mini segment here? Sure. Okay. It's what team at the at the top of each division? What name one team out of all of the division teams that's most shocking to you to be leading their division right now? For those of you who are a casual Yankees fan or Red Sox fan, might not know what's going on around the league. The Yankees are winning the AL East by a half game on Toronto. Minnesota has a three-game lead in the AL Central. The Anaheim Angels, no, (laughs) the Los Angeles Angels now, have a a one-and-a-half game lead in the AL West. Then you have the Mets with a three-game lead in the NL East. The Brewers, NL Central winning one-and-a-half games over the Cardinals. And then San Francisco Giants with a half-game lead over the Padres and Dodgers in the NL West. Who... Out of those six teams, the Twins, the Yankees, the Angels, the Mets, the Brewers, and the Giants, do you think is the most shocking to you to be leading the division? And who do you think out of those six teams is a lock to win that division for the rest of the rest of the year? So two separate questions here. All right. I'll go through uh, and explain my reasonings. I think the AL East was a toss-up at the beginning of the year. I think any four team could be leading, so not shocked by the Yankees. Not shocked by the Twins, although the White Sox have been very underwhelming. I kind of thought that they would be leading, but I'm also not that surprised that the Twins are. I think I would be more surprised if you were to tell me that Buxton would have missed like a whole chunk of those games. But, um, but yeah, He's been carrying surprised. that team. Correa yeah. hasn't been yeah, great. Yeah, I'm not surprised I mean, at all. Kepler's been good too. They they just mashed the ball. So no, they absolutely mashed the ball. Um, and that that ending that ending the other day against uh, who did they beat? The Tigers. Did you see that ending? Where was it? The Buxton bomb? No, 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 no. So it's first and second, one out. The bottom of the ninth. Minnesota in Minnesota. Minnesota's down to Detroit, uh, four to three. Four to three ball game, first and second, one out. Miguel Sano with the plate, one, two count. Drills a low and away fastball, takes it the other way, and hits it right over. It hits uh, Robbie Grossman's glove, the right fielder for the Tigers. Rolls to the wall. Um, So guy on second thought the right fielder was going to catch it, so he kind of freezes. Robbie gets it, throws it in very quickly. Shortstop gets it, sees that the guy at second – it's just rounding third, but he's being stopped by the third base coach. Um, so he tries to hold up, but throws the ball into the ground, but it dribbles to the plate. Nothing happens really, but Sano and Urshela, who was on first base, starts running to the to the runner that's on third base. So there, it looks like there's going to be a rundown because Sano is running to second base, Urshela is running to third base, and I, I forget who was at third already, but... Basically, the Twins had two runners at third third base and a runner at second base, which 
is a formula for one of the guys at third base to be tagged out, right? You would think. Right. You would so, think so the catcher starts running at third base, does the right thing. He takes the ball and he lobs it towards third oh, base. Oh, I did see this. And completely <laughs> overthrows Candelario, the third baseman for the Tigers, goes into left field. Yeah. Nobody's there backing him up. Both runners from third score. Urshela, that's how they walk it off. One of the most embarrassing ways to end the game for the Tigers. The catcher had his hands in his glove, rightfully so. But, yeah, let's continue on with the segment. We're moving through. Yeah. I also am not awesome. shocked by the Yankees as well. I think the Blue Jays will win the division, so they're not going to be my lock. But the Twins, solid baseball team. Um, to me, it looked like the Twins or the White Sox in that division. But keep going. Yeah. Um, San Fran, Dodgers, I, I don't care. One of them is going to be the lead. Uh, Milwaukee, I always expected to. The Mets, I expected. The Angels, even though they are like, I think they have the best lineup construction in their division right now. And I think I might have been able to say that before the season started. I don't know. It was between them and the Mariners for me. But I honestly did not think that they'd be sitting at number one at this point in the year. I do think that they're an incredible team. Uh, But given their woes in recent years, I just did not see this happening right away. I felt like it might take some time for everyone to get going, but they have just been slaughtering the ball. Um, Trout was out for a little even, but ever since he's been back, I mean, with him on the field, like he is just absolutely destroying the ball. He has four home runs already. Um, And then freaking uh, Taylor Ward is – mashing the ball the dude's hitting 381 with four dingers and 11 rbis so taylor ward brandon marsh mike trout and shohei and then jared walsh and anthony rendon joe adele kurt suzuki and tyler wade like this team is so built like and andrew velasquez they got they got a couple of ex-yankees who can just run and field um and it's pieced together well with their lineup they just put the ball in play um and then they got guys who can mash too so yeah yeah joe adele he's had his hiccups as a young player in the league but he's hitting his home runs he has three uh rendon has had his hiccups in recent years but he's got a couple home runs i mean like dude's not bent too well yet but it doesn't really matter because the way that taylor ward has been playing brandon marsh has been playing mike trout they're all mike trout and taylor ward have a 1.25 or greater OPS, which is absurd. And then Brandon Marsh with a 943 and all of them are batting over 340. Like you've got to be kidding me. And it's no wonder they're doing what they're doing because their top of the lineup is just, you don't even want to mess around with them. Like you almost have to walk all of them the way that they're hitting the ball. And you can't do that, obviously. Yeah. I, I, uh, I thought I thought you were going to go with the Angels um, as your most shocking team, but to me, not that shocking. It, in that division, I mean, the Rangers loaded up, but the Rangers pitching coming into the season was that. the worst yeah. in the league. I didn't expect them to compete for the top of the division. To me, the Angels were due. They've just been banged up past couple of years. They made some good moves, brought in Cindergard. Um, they have Shohei in that that rotation. They got some guys who can put in innings, um, and that lineup is, is gorgeous. Um, same thing with Seattle. 
Uh, Seattle made some key moves uh, with getting Jesse Winker this year, which is why they're competing in that division. Um, Not my lock, but not my most shocking because the Astros in back-to-back years losing Springer and then losing Correa, that just does something to your locker room as as well. It just hurts. They lose Chirinos a couple years ago too, a a solid backup catcher. Um, Marwin Gonzalez, um, who could play anywhere they lose. They they just lost a, a couple pieces of the puzzle there in, in Houston. And they're, they're, you know, you, you can't, it's hard to perform every year at the top. It just, it just is, especially with the amount of, you know, the cheating scandal that everybody knows about um, in Houston. Um, but most shocking to me, not Brewers, not the Mets. And like I said, not the twins, Yankees or angels. It's the giants. For me. Oh. It's, it's the giants. Only I thought you were going to say the Brewers, and no, I was like going to be shocked. Not the Brewers. They they bring in McCutcheon. The Brewers make good moves, and they still got Yelich. They they still got some freaking pieces there and Hater to close things out, and one of the best starting rotations in baseball with Corbin Burns leading it. Um, the Giants, to me, they lose Gosman. They bring in Carlos Rodon from from the White Sox, and he just picks up right where Gosman left off for the Giants last year. Alex Wood pitching incredible, incredible baseball. Um, this Giants team to me was just, I mean, it was shocking. I, I, I don't, I, they lose Buster Posey. That that's really why it's shocking in a division with the Dodgers and Padres Dodgers also have Logan Webb that this rotation, Discalafani is just pitching how they left off last year, but they're, they're hitting they got they bring in Jack Peterson, who's now built at six home runs to start the year. Um, one of the leaders in baseball in home runs, but their starting outfield is Jack Austin Slater um, and Luis Gonzalez. I, I mean, none of those names in the outfield scream anything. They're start, starting Thyro Estrada and Wil- Wilmer Flores in the infield. Uh, I, I, the only reason I, why the lineup is is not good. It's not one of nearly. I think it's average at best lineup. Um, but pitching is just say they find ways to put the ball in play and win close games. They just find a way to win games. So I, it's just the way that that organization is construct constructed. It's it's impressive to me. It's been very impressive. Yeah, the only reason why I can't count out the Giants is because they give, like, a feel of, like, you can never count them out. Like, because as soon as you do, they just shove it in your face. It feels like the National League of what the Red Sox have been able to do in recent years. Like, whenever people counted them out, they always shoved it in your face. The Cubs were kind of like that 10 years – not 10 years ago, five years ago. Um, And I feel like the Giants' wave of doing that is right now. Um, and they just have that kind of grit and tenacity that like you can't count them out because as soon as you do, they will just pound you. And they did that last year and like they did it in uh, just as tough of a division and it lasted the entire year and people every single month uh, to start off the year in April, May, June, July, even people are like, yeah, the, there's no chance the Giants can keep up what they're doing. It's just a matter of time till the Dodgers catch them, till the uh, Padres catch them. That never happened. 
like they just kept going and going and they ended up winning 105 games or something. I mean, what they did last year is just incredible. And I feel like because of that, and honestly, I'm victim of it too, because in May and April, I, or April and May, I did not really expect them to keep up what they were doing. Um, and I vowed that I would not do that again because that's unfair to a team. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I just, for me, I, I kind of feel like I'm a little bit close to it because of how uh, how the Red Sox had played in recent years, like the, the years that they kind of came in as underdogs last year in 2013 um, were years that they just ended up being pretty awesome. And so, uh, so for that, I can't count out the Giants for the same reason because that would be, uh, you know, just kind of hypocritical. Yeah, that, that's fair. Um, since you um, you started with the team that was most shocking to you, I'm going to go with my lock team first. We might have yeah. the same lock. It The Mets look like the best team in baseball, and the Marlins being in second, the Phillies I think will bounce back. I'm going to say the lock is the Mets here to win the division. I know they always somehow disappoint, but I don't think that'll be until the playoffs this year. So I'm going to go with the Mets as my lock to win their division in the NL West. Yeah, that's that's my lock. For I don't for hate it. The rotation without even Degrom, they look like the best team in baseball. Lindor has come back, risen from the dead after after last year as a subpar year. Um, yeah, they they can do a bunch. They, they got into a skirmish with the Cardinals the other day. I like how heated they are. I like Buck Showalter as their manager. He gives them some fire um, that the Mets sometimes lack. Um, but the Mets are the Mets, so at some point, they're going to break our hearts, right? Yeah, that's, that's kind of the boat that I'm on. Not because I think that they're going to do poorly, but I do think that there's a chance of them being caught um, I, I think they're a lock for the playoffs for sure, but for the division, I just can't separate them that far from the Phillies. And when the Braves get Acuna back in a couple of weeks, I cannot do that. I can't call them a lock for that division because of how good the Phillies can be offensively and how good the Braves just absolutely are. And the Braves, all they have been asked to do is just stick around like you're not going to be killing the division. They're not going to be in the position that the Mets are. Uh, I mean, I guess there's a chance because what they did last year was incredible without Acuna, but all that they're required to do is stick around 500 and they've done that. I mean, they're three games below, but with Acuna coming back, I, I feel like that they have just as easy of a route as anybody in that division to kind of take over. Um, which is why I'm going with the division where I just feel like the secondary tertiary teams just aren't as threatening to the top team. And I'm going to go with the NL central. I think the Brewers are a lot for the central. I think they're going to go beginning to end, just dominate that division. Um, their, their hitting still hasn't gotten it really done yet. They're only a positive three run differential, but they're doing exactly what we expected them to do. And that is pitch. And they have just shut down opponents when it matters. I mean, they have arguably one of the better rotations in the league as well as their bullpen. And I just, I don't know, I feel like with the talent that they have on offense, once guys start hitting the ball, Yelich is not going to be cold forever. 
Um, McCutcheon has already shown that Milwaukee is a place that he can just hit in. Um, they have talent on their offense. I, I know a lot of their guys are kind of older, but they have some youth in Willie Adamas and Luis Arias. Um, I, I do think that their offense is going to get going. And you don't really need a great offense to win in Milwaukee because of what you have uh, coming out of that bullpen and in that rotation. So I do think that you just can't keep up with a team like that that has three aces and two closers in their bullpen. I just I, I I'm with the Brewers. Yeah, that that's that's not a terrible choice. I just like the Cardinals the way they play baseball. Um, yeah, I do too. I, I can't hate on the Cardinals because it's defense and speed. But, like that's I, so fun. Yeah, but, it, it's it's pretty much them or the Brewers. So I, I don't hate that pick. Yeah, I think we that's definitely why I, that's why I went would it. shy away from the NL West with the <laughs> Padres, no, Dodgers, I'm not, Giants. I'm not nobody, touching that. Nobody wants the AL East either, um, especially because the Padres have looked kind of good and Tatis is coming back. So like, oh wait, is he coming back? When does he come back? Uh, not for a little while. I think they got at least a month before he comes back. Yeah. Into the but fold. they've been looking good without him, which I think says more than anything. So, you know, they're kind of just waiting on reinforcements. So, um, yeah, I don't know. The Padres, the Padres have kind of – before the season started, I think a lot of people got very down on them because of what happened last year, uh, given the expectation. Um, but – they're not a team to forget about. They still have that talent that we were getting all hyped about. They still have that rotation. Um, There's big questions with like, you know, who's going to close out games and like, who's going to have the big hits. And uh, like, those are still up in the air. When is Tatis going to be healthy? But at the end of the day, they still have tons of talent. So I wouldn't count them out of the NOS either. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't. Um, but did, did you have fun doing that segment? I had, I had a little bit of a blast. I, I had fun. I, I yeah. Had fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm, I hope the, the listeners had fun too, but this, this, I mean, you can tell us if we're wrong. You tell us if, if you agree with us, uh, yeah, we, we love you guys interacting with us, but moving off from actual baseball talk, to a little something different. We touched on the end of last episode. I was dreading the MLB letter coming out to the Yankees back in the 2017 science stealing. It was just a show. Why, why did the Yankees go through all of, all of that trouble to try to hide this? You want to hear why? I think it's the exact thing that the Red Sox did and the Red Sox. No, 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 it is not. Okay. Tell me what's different. What's different what's is different. they didn't make it make the rules illegal. They used what dugout phone and and some videotape from yet from right. Well, they they didn't use any videotape. They, they tried to relay signs <laughs> to their second baseman, but they've been exactly what absolved of of everything everything that's been reported of the Yankees so far. Nothing new came out, but the Red the, Sox. The only did thing it that came in, out to the field for the Red Sox was that they had, like, isolated instances when there was a guy in second base, they would relay information from okay, the replay, but they which is it, exactly what the Yankees they did. They did it in 2018. The Yankees have been absolved of any of that. The new rules with sign stealing didn't, they, didn't re, 
were not enforced until the end of this 2017 season. So the Red Sox knew they were enforced and kept doing them. The Yankees were absolved of anything after that 2017 season. So if anything, and, and the report goes on to say, that's why they didn't want it released. I know. I know the same thing. No, the Red Sox didn't do much bad either. The whole league apparently was doing it, but because it's the Yankees and the Red Sox, they're getting slack for it. Like it's bad. Like nobody was as blatant and as, as like direct, directly like trying to, disgrace the game like the Astros did that's what I was worried get that straight yeah yes (laughs) I mean that's what I was worried about but the Astros did it in their championship in 2017 which they didn't crack but they continued it in 2018 continued what they were doing it's just to me just yeah they're, they're nothing compares to what they did um and for the Astros fans out there that were looking for some saving grace here with this, um, with this letter coming out with the Yankees to say, Oh, look, the Yankees did it too. They didn't get that. Um, Astros fans, you're going to have to somehow back yourself up or just try to let, let this go quietly into the night because I mean, not a lot of diehard baseball fans are going to forget what that Houston organization did um, to, to, you know, to try to try to get a super edge in, in games and and their hitters knew what pitches were coming when they were at home. I mean, it's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it on every pitch with without a runner on, with a runner on. Um, I mean, it's been a part of the game with guys on second base trying to re- relay signs to the hitter. That that's nothing new. Like they try to read what the catcher's throwing down, what what hand signs are throwing down. Um, but the MLB implementing technology this year with the wrist signs, um, with the, you know, the thing the catcher puts around their wrist and they can just relay the signs to the, to the pitcher. Um, and the pitcher has some sort of, what do they have an earphone in I, something? There's, yeah, there's it's a, like in their hat. Yeah. yeah it, it like relays them what sign it is that that's all good. Like you, you don't want the, the hitters to know what's coming. That's in the fairness of baseball. Um, but this letter really amounts to nothing. Um, and the Astros are left by their lonesome in the cheater circle. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. I'm with you. I got one more update from the NFL draft before we continue. Um, number five pick overall, the giants do not trade out, uh, sauce Gardner already off the board. Uh, with the fourth pick to the Jets, who we were rumored to want. We got Kavon Thibodeau from Oregon, defensive end. A lot of buzz around him for the wrong reasons coming into the draft. They were saying that he lacked some work ethic on the field and that he just relied on his talent too much, which they I feel like they were trying to take – there was nothing in his game that they took shots on. Like, he is the most talented guy in this draft – he was supposed to be the number one pick going into the, the school year this year, finished the season with a bunch, with a bunch of sacks and good production at Oregon. Um, I like the pick. I like the upside. I think Wink Martindale, um, new defensive coordinator with the Giants, can, can do some good – use him very well. We definitely needed some more edge rushers. Um, 
every team could use an edge rusher, but that all five first five picks were defensive players, um, which is some, something that hasn't happened in a while with the amount of quarterbacks that go, go up. And the sixth pick was an offensive tackle in Akeem Ekonkwu and the giants are back, um, back on the clock here at seven. We'll see if we trade down or we just take, I think we go Evan Neal from Alabama here and take a tackle, plug him in. Um, but who knows what the Giants will do? You, you never really know um, with the Giants. But new GM, new GM here, new coach, new coaching staff, Brian Dayball. Um, we'll see. I, I'm hopeful. And that's, that's the most scary thing to be as a fan is hopeful. Yeah, I'm not. You're not hopeful? <laughs> no, I, I think um, – no, I'm just kidding. I, you don't think Joe Shuin, the GM, can do some, do some things? I think, I think he can. I think it's a big test of what he can do. Um, and I, I, I've gotten hyped about previous drafts before, and they've been some of our worst drafts ever. So I just have lost a ton of interest in the draft and I'm all about in the NFL letting action speak. Wow. And I'm ready for the season to start. So in the I'm MLB, not, you all you not talk, ready. You talk about prospects all the time. But for yeah, because because Marcelo Meyer and Tristan Cassis, oh my gosh, they're so <laughs> good. Uh, I like your excitement with your team. You're definitely, I think, well, at this point with the amount the Red Sox have won versus the Giants um, in recent years that you're more of a Red Sox fan, but it's, it's hard to, to be so gung ho on a team. That's been one of the worst in all of football. They've been a bottom two team the past five years. All of sports. Yeah. The Giants have not been good at all. That's, that's it. They say, they say the pick is in, so we did not trade down. I hope it's a tackle. I, I don't I don't care. Well, it should be a wide receiver. I, I would cry. Yeah, me too. I would start crying. I think if they get Evan Neal out of Alabama here and that they, they make two guys who are definitely two top seven prospects and they don't, they don't reach, they just do their thing, do their job, get two hog mollies, like Dave Gettleman used to say. Um, but <laughs> Gettleman never drafted, never fixed the line. We haven't had a good old line since 2012 when we won the Super Bowl, um, and our D-line has deteriorated since then. So um, the I hope – The pick is in. Yeah, the pick is in. I'm waiting on hands and knees. Here, you know, just begging, begging the Giants to to take Evan Neal um, or even Charles Cross from Mississippi State, who is apparently a great pass protector, but not may not be a great run protector, but he might be a little bit of a reach. But addresses the need. I, I know they say to pick best player available versus need, but sometimes you just. You got to go you know what with I a love? glaring, glaring hole. You know, what I love what? How uh, how the Giants didn't pick up Danny Dimes' contract? They finally are making him prove himself. Finally, yeah. after so long of just being like, "Yeah, he's our guy. Like he's gonna be our starter. We're not gonna sign a backup to compete with him in freaking training camp, and then just start him and 
Guts won 25 for his first however many games that is, 37 games. Um, got him. They we got Evan Neal. are making him prove something. Evan Neal, offensive tackle, Alabama to slot in as a right tackle. Well, the Giants stay put, and they get two – Big boys. This this guy, Hard Evan boys. Neal, is 6'7", 330. He's a beast. He doesn't look it. He looks in impeccable shape. Uh, wow. They're, they're watching him strut up there. He's got the little He's glasses, a fucking dude. Like, kind of wreck, like, you know, the, you know what those glasses, like, we used to wear in, like, lab. Like, not rec specs-ish, but, like, you know, prescription. Pres- like shades on he mauls guys he played left tackle for Bryce Young in Alabama this past year he can mash guys um he can mash guys on the line um a line of scrimmage so he's just they say his feet wise he gets a with his feet are a little bit shaky sometimes in pass protection um so I mean, but as a right tackle, you don't need to be as good as in, in pass protection because with most righty quarterbacks, they can see that pressure coming right in their face. Um, so left tackles are more of the bookends. We got Andrew Thomas. Um, yeah, I mean, that does it for the like Andrew. We might trade trade up back into the first round. Maybe, I don't know. Let's do it. Let's get a quarterback, baby. Maybe. Maybe we trade back into the second half of that first round and get a get a quarterback here um, to put the pressure on Danny Dimes. Um, but dude. maybe Danny Dimes will Again, fi- finally I, have I, a I chance. Yeah, Danny I Dimes hasn't had a I line, have... hasn't had great receivers, people around him. Saquon's been hurt. You know, the Giants did. I will repeat yeah. that I want Danny Dimes to be good, despite my animosity towards him. But he just hasn't been good. So I'm not against him being our quarterback. I just want somebody to get him to play his best. And that is the best scenario in my mind is for somebody to push Danny Dimes into greatness if he needs that. And if he doesn't, if that doesn't work for him and he's just bad, then he's just bad and we're moving on. Yeah, but in the in the history of the league, with the with the fifth year options not being picked up, no quarterback has gotten a second contract with that same team um, after not getting picked up. So I'm not very hopeful about Danny Dimes um, being a giant after this year. I, I think the new regime will want their their own pick at quarterback. Um, but I like that this new regime with the top two picks has both picked the line. Um, trying to solidify a line. So whoever they do put it, put in at quarterback or, you know, they put it, they made an effort. Games are won, in my opinion, on the line of scrimmage. Um, I mean, this, this past Super Bowl, if, if you didn't watch Aaron Donald basically took over that game, the Rams had a great offensive line. Um, They had Matt Stafford and some good wideouts, but that O line was pretty freaking wonderful for them. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I think games are won at the line in the NFL and I, and I, I like these picks where they went. Yeah, me too. Um, 
But to yeah. finish to finish off this podcast, we should probably touch on the NBA a little bit more than you just shitting on the oh, Nuggets okay. a little bit. That's okay. We don't have to. Uh, right now, all I want to say is the only series remaining are Mavericks. We said we weren't. We think the Mavericks are easily going to win. They absolutely crushed the Jazz in Game Five. Um, they're up three two in that series, heading to Utah to try to try to close it out. The Sixers right now at the end of three quarters are up 99-78 in Toronto. Look like they're going to not lose a series. I thought there was a chance with Joel Embiid being banged up. Um, but Tyreek's Maxi, Harden going off right now. All five of their starters are in double figures right now. Um, and they are absolutely mashing the Toronto. So they're going to match up with the Heat next round. You got Bucks Celtics next round. Bucks are going to be without Chris Middleton. You got the Suns up three two in New Orleans right now, mid third quarter, down six um, without Devin Booker. If this goes seven, anything can happen. Obviously, I think the Suns will win this game six, take the series. The Grizzlies win. John Morant, oh John Morant, this has been the most fun series to watch against the T Wolves, two of the youngest teams in the play, Just two of the good. youngest teams in the playoffs. Um, ja is the coach. Ja. I told you Ja was due for a nuclear game, and he went off. Cat also had an incredible game for the T-Wolves, um, just not a lo- not enough for the T-Wolves. Um, ja Morant closes things out with a game-winning shot with a second left acrobatic finish, and they're most likely going to take, uh, take the series here, maybe not in Minnesota, maybe in a game. I hope that series out of all of them goes to a game seven because there's been the most trash talk in that series. And it's been the most exciting. You got young guys dunking on people, jot dunking over people, literally. Um, but yeah, it, to me, it's just it's Ja versus. Well, it's not Ja. Desmond Bain has been incredible, um, and they got a lot of young, good defensive players um, on that Grizzlies team. Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean. Brendan Clark off the bench, offensive rebounding, won them this past game, and Tyus Jones, they, they, they got good production. But I'm still very, very much confident in my Heat Warriors finals prediction. Um, the Heat close out the Hawks without Jimmy Butler or Kyle Lowry. Um, kind of disgraceful for the Hawks. They limit Trey Young to 11 points on an abysmal shooting night. Um, uh, uh, yeah, to me, it's it's Heat and Warriors look like by far the best teams in the playoffs right now. I honestly, after watching the Warriors, if so, Jokic was doing his thing. Um, I I feel like if the Nuggets had like good, and I'm not saying Monte Morris was bad or Will Barton was bad, there were good guards, but like if we had great all-star level guards, I don't like, I think that series goes a whole lot differently. Those games were close. There wasn't really a blowout. Um, If we could keep up with the scoring, then that would have been the difference. Uh, But the Nuggets were out rebounding the Warriors like crazy in the last couple of games. I don't think that the Warriors can keep up with the healthy Suns because I think Aiton is going to expose the fact that the Warriors don't have height and Chris Paul and Devin Booker are the perfect counterpieces for a center who both gets rebounds and scores and is a playmaker. And Aiton is probably 
in my opinion, the next best center in the West right now. And I just don't think, and, you know, obviously not as good as Jokic, but in that series, I, I do think that the Warriors will continue to be exposed at the center position. Draymond is a great defensive player, but once he comes off the court, there's not much they can do. He's not that tall. So, I mean, Aiton gets rebounds up by default. I mean, Jokic had 19 boards last night like that shouldn't happen and the Warriors didn't really have a response for it there was tons of offensive rebounds which is why it was such a close game down the stretch um but that's that's kind of where I'm at with the Suns and honestly like the the one place where the Nuggets were lacking a little bit was in quickness being able to get down the court Aiton does not lack in quickness like he is probably just as quick, if not quicker than Draymond. So they're not lacking on that end of the court. They have the quickness, they have the height, they have the shooting, they have the playmaking. I just, I think that that combination of things is going to expose the Warriors uh, when it comes down to it, because I do think they're going to meet up in the conference finals. Yeah, it, it, it'll, wait, who'd you say who's going to meet in the conference finals? The Suns and Warriors. Hmm, interesting. I do not think the Suns get past without Devin Booker. If he comes back, I mean. He's back. He's back tonight. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Wow. Thank you for updating me on that. I did not see that. Um, But, yeah, him back definitely changes things for them. But with Luka back for, for the Mavs, I know the Suns are deep and a great team. No, the Suns are going to win. The, the Suns are going to beat them. I mean, Devin Booker in 14 minutes only has two points right now. He's not fully healthy. He's going to need a couple of days of rest. They really need to win this game six. If this goes seven against the Pelicans, I don't. I think that definite. Even if they win that game seven, it definitely hurts them down the line with rest, especially with Chris right. Paul, um, who's coming back from injury that he just came back for a couple of weeks ago. This team needs a little bit of rest. They need a little bit of a breather. They they really need to go all out and win this win this basketball game against the. They Pelicans. just went up by one. I did see that near the end of the third. Um, I think they can do it, uh, but I need Luca to win this series against Utah because Luca in the playoffs. I think there's a passing of the torch. I love to watch him play. It's just something different that you don't see around the rest of the league. He's slow, yeah, he's but he's special. in control. Somehow he, he looks so slow, but he still gets by guys. Um, it, it's not the prettiest thing, but it's gritty. Um, and his three-pointer is actually absolutely beautiful. The art that he gets on that and the splashes and the step backs that he can do. And and Jalen Brunson, the, the guys around him have been performing. Uh, Finney Smith, uh, them without Hardaway Jr., though, for the rest of the year. That definitely hurts their depth, but I mean, who knows? It's the playoffs. They they can they can shock somebody because they got Luca. Luca can win you a couple games in a series just by sure power, like Jokic did. Jokic won a game for them. They they should have been swept. That that team should not almost won two. Almost won two. Almost. Um, but Steph should have. They they lacked a Steph was unconscious. At yeah, the at the end of the game, Steph closed it out, and and they they had a closer, and the Nuggets didn't. The Nuggets didn't have well, their Jamal Murray. Jokic was there. Jokic put up like twelve points in a row. 
Um, so the Nuggets had their closer, but you can't keep up when you're hitting twos with a guy who's hitting threes and threes and threes every single time down the court. Like you can't keep up. And that's what I was saying at the beginning of the series. That was going to be the Nuggets demise. Like Jokic is a great three point shooter, but like he's not taking the ball dribbling up the court and like hitting a fadeaway shot. Like that is a Jamal thing. And that's where they were missing. Jokic is a great closer. And if we were up, then I would have all my marbles in Jokic's corner and bet on him doing what he did down the stretch. And I don't think that should be uh, overlooked because what he was able to do and the points that he put up in the fourth quarter was incredible given that he had five fouls um, and was uh, just frankly exhausted. Like, honestly, I, it it came down to the three point scoring and you can't keep up with Steph without a three point score. Uh, Jokic again is, but you can't keep up with Steph without a three point scorer who can make his own shots. And um, at the end of the day, you need Jamal, you need MPJ in that circumstance to keep up with that level of scoring. Yeah, that's Jokic true. You just, awesome. you just need a number two and a number three in this league to win now. Um, that's why yeah. the, the Warriors with Poole, Thompson, and Curry is. It, Incredible, and Wiggins is their fourth. And then my other pick in the Heat, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, who are are hurt right now, and they win games without him with Victor Oladipo starting and leading their team in points now. you got guys like Bam, Tyler Hero off the bench. Um, Two of the deepest teams in basketball. Um, I think they're at an apt collision here for for the finals. Um, That's just my my prediction. If – Chris Middleton didn't get hurt and didn't have an MCL sprain with the Bucs. Um, that Bucks team is still, you know, defending champs and scary to me. Um, and the Suns, if Booker can make it back fully healthy. But to me, the Warriors have been there, done that. So if the Warriors and Suns match up in the Western Conference Finals, like we want to see, it'll be a great series. But I just think the Warriors have that extra foot, like Draymond, Clay, Iggy, not that Iggy gets a lot of minutes and has a lot of, you know, emphasis on the game, but he can make a play down the stretch and Curry, they got the the winning experience and the Suns don't. Chris Paul feels the pressure. He's never won. Not that it's been his fault. A lot of bad luck in the playoffs with injuries to his best teammates and and to himself. So um, it, It'll be exciting rest of the playoffs. Um, the first round, I think, should go back to five games, in my opinion. I, I think five-game series are a lot more exciting um, in that first round because you can get – I don't know. I, I feel like it's I been dragged – I think it's been dragged out a lot of it. I, I think a lot of these series have been over before they even – you might disagree, but – I don't. <laughs> Obviously, I, I'm going to have a stake. I think anybody can win three games out of five. Not a lot of teams can win four out of seven. And I think that's really where it determines who yeah, the team is. But I want anybody to win in that first year. Like, I want to see, like, the Pelicans have that shot in game five in Phoenix. And that have been the final game. Like, I, I want that. Uh, yeah, but, like, last year when the Dodgers played the Giants in a five-game series, is that what you wanted? Because I wanted C7. They played a five-game series. 
What? Yeah, they played in the divisional. It was so disappointing to me. That's why I lost all trust in five-game sets. Like, when two teams like that square up, I know that it doesn't happen as often in basketball, but it does happen. Like, there are eight-seed teams that can compete or seven-seed teams that can compete. Um, And when two powerhouses square up like that, you want it to go seven. And it was so distasteful that you had the Giants and Dodgers meet up in the playoffs and they only played five. Yeah. I mean, and baseball's a much different, it's, it's a much, much different sport than, than the NBA though. Like, like it is, but like, it, I mean, it still comes down to the series and how it's constructed. And like, I, I don't know. I feel like the same kind of thing applies. Like five games just does not feel like enough sometimes to me. Yeah. To determine who the rightful winner should be. Like in baseball, five games doesn't because all you need is a rotation of five Uh, or all you need is three pitchers really. And you go one, two, three, one, two, and you could divisional round, but the seven-game series test your depth, and same as it does in basketball, you really have to have solid depth to win a seven-game series. But now, even with more wild-card teams coming in, you don't want to give the wild-card teams no shot in hell. Like, the Dodgers were definitely hurting after that series, even winning against the Giants. Like, they were hurting after going through the wild-card series, which bit them in in the butt in the NLCS against the Braves. Like, they just ran out of gas. So, I think you add series in the MLB, you're pushing, you're pushing games into December, right? You're, you're, I mean, the weather you have to worry about in the MLB, which is why the five games should probably stay around. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you. The more baseball, the merrier. I, I want seven. Um, and you know what? You've convinced me. The more, the merrier, honestly, in every sports series. Like, I just want to see more games. So that's fine. But I think you'd get more upsets. And that's what I love. I love upsets, which is why I love the five game sets, because it gives that that, you know, eight seed like the Pelicans more of a fighting shot than a seven. Yeah, seven game series. I could see. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I just had that experience in baseball last year and I just felt like just so screwed over by a five game series. So then I just was like, no more five game series. I hate this. Yeah. So it's definitely some bias speaking into it because of the recent series that I experienced that was five games. Um, But yeah. um, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's kind of where I'm at. But that does it for us. I think I had a blast of a podcast live. Yeah. The NFL draft is still going to probably go on for just this first round tonight, second and third round tomorrow. um, And then rounds four through seven on Saturday. Um, But the Giants still have seven picks left, one in the second round, two in the third, and then a bunch later in the draft. So a lot left for this um, this new regime to, to get done in the draft, a lot of holes to fill. So I'm excited after their first two picks, Beal. I've enjoyed the sunset today. I need to see more sun. Being on third shift has been just killing me. I need some more vitamin D. Um, That's fair. But I love sunrises. I love sunsets. Enjoy them while I can enjoy them, people. Love them as much as you can. 
I've been enjoying all the lunners and brunches that I can and overnight snacks because my eating schedule, sleep schedule is so weird right now. Um, but I love you guys. Have a great rest of your week. Um, that does it. That does it for me. Yeah. Have, have a great week. Um, enjoy the draft and, uh, Enjoy the playoffs, especially if your team is in it. Do not take advantage of that. It's a beautiful time. It sucks when you're not in it. So just keep that in mind.